NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello and welcome back to the Grade Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, we're asking which side of the ball you should sanitise for optimal swing, how you can still average 16.37 in England, even when they're playing eight aside. Stokes' rise as test captain, Dom Bess as England's best spinner, Dave Warner's TikToks, War versus Warren, hailing Roblinda too, and figuring out what any of this means when you desperately want something to mean anything, but nothing does. It's a huge show back to play through your ears while you figure out how to say nothing on your Zoom call for three months straight. Tim Bresen is on the show, Steve O'Keefe is on the show, and Jonathan Wilson is on the show. This week's hashtag AskTGC has come from some of the darkest recesses of your minds from every corner of the globe in lockdown except for one from New Zealand, which is about emojis. Go figure that one. Uh, Budgiesmuggler.com. In fact, budgiesmuggleruk.com. My name is Ian Higgins and I'm right here in Melbourne with Sam Perry. Pez, hello. It's nice to see you again. Still got it on those intros, brother. How you been, man? Really good. It's been a minute. uh, Good to see you in person in Melbourne where you have relocated. Now, not to give away too much, obviously. Please. uh, Around, you know, your location, etc. But uh, here you are living in Melbourne. And who would have thought that? A boy. You are a boy. (laughs) Okay. uh, All right. In a man's body, uh, as all great cricketers are. (laughs) Sure. uh, From Sydney, from uh, a 3K radius of Neutral Bay, Mm. making his way. Down in Melbourne, crossing the border, which is now closed uh, yeah. due to coronavirus. So you're never coming back. Gladys doesn't want you, nor does Peter Volandis. Yes. And uh, it's good to see you in person, though, man. Thanks, mate. Well, you would have seen on my Instagram just a great timing to come down, mm. put little videos really together, good. just rising cases. And now the border's closed. So I'm here forever. Mm. We uh, look outside. Uh, there is no blue sky to be seen. It's zero blue about sky. eight degrees. And yes. there's no heating in your house. <laughs> <laughs> it's all looking up. All looking good. It's all looking up. What have you been up to? Not much, mate. I can't say it's as anything as uh, exciting as uh, your life. Uh, yeah. A lot of people like to get in touch and emphasise the fact that you are the chop king <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the rig based selection, etc. Sure. Uh, for me, yeah, just did some guttering on the weekend. Uh, <laughs> We're living different lives, mm, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just a no good city Still slicker friends, down his luck. I've never done anything like that. I've okay. never got my hands dirty and I should be ashamed of it, and I am. <laughs> but uh, over the weekend, I went to Bunnings. I got an extension ladder, pretended uh-huh. I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, got up there, my... Two-year-old son said, Dad, be careful. Why are your legs wobbling? (laughs) (laughs) 
But I, felt, I felt quite good, you know, getting my hands dirty, getting that sludge out, uh, yeah. you know, singing Springsteen songs, sure. talking out the side of my mouth in three <laughs> octaves uh, lower than my normal register. And uh, here we are today doing a podcast about cricket. Normal. All right. Well, there's something we need to talk about here and address at the top of the show here, Pez. Um, over the last little while, you guys out there would have noticed that Dave hasn't been around much. Um, we did the Channel 7 show without him last year. Most of the World Cup shows, the podcast last year, uh, we did our Adelaide Adelaide live show um, and a few other podcasts as well um, without Dave. But his absence has definitely been an extended one um, over the last little bit. And uh, please believe us when we say that um, we've we've seen the questions. We've, we've seen the questions on the internet. Yeah, and we completely understand why those questions yeah. have been asked. Yeah. Uh, but today we can say something. Uh, it's with a lot of sadness that we let everybody know that Dave will no longer be joining us on the grade cricketer. Uh, we completely understand that people will want to know how this has happened too. Uh, in the early part of this year and before the coronavirus hit, we had some discussions with Dave about what contribution he might be able to make towards uh, the future production of the grade cricketer. Um, those discussions, I'm sure everyone will understand, were and will remain confidential. Uh, unfortunately, at the end of the day, we were unable to reach an arrangement which was satisfactory uh, to us all. That said, uh, we are very grateful uh, for Dave's contribution. Yeah. Uh, we thank him for a ton of amazing memories uh, through the journey. And, of course, we wish him, as I'm sure you guys do, um, all the very best. Um, we also know that while we've now made this announcement, people may still have more questions because, of course, this is the internet. It's the internet. Um, but out of respect for those close to this news, uh, we think the right and decent thing to do is not to make any further public comment about this. Uh, that's our plan. Uh, what we are going to do is carry on driving this thing. He goes with passion, um, putting out the best TJC material we can muster. We know there'll be some disappointment at this news, but even so, um, believe us when we say we're going to do our absolute best to make sure this show goes from strength to strength. Yeah, and just finishing on that, um, things like having Steve O'Keefe, Jonathan Wilson and Tim Breslin on the same show, it doesn't happen unless you guys out there uh, care about this greatly. So we sincerely... Uh, thank you guys for listening as ever and welcome back. And uh, now that cricket's back, we decided to come back as well. And cricket's back in the UK this weekend. What day is it? It's Monday. It's Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Pubs a, are open again. Game, yeah. Cricket, oh, the test back as well. Yeah, there's a game on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Indies. Actually, it was... Um, mm. There was the Stokes versus Butler game on the other day. Love an interclub trial. Love, yeah, inter, mm. international team trial as well. Obviously, yeah. Australia famously had one. Mate, headbands everywhere. Yeah, you really long hair. Yeah, and I was just going to say, it's I sort good. of... You think it's good? Like, like, I, I, feel like, like it. I feel like Stokes is, a, is about to become the 81st Test Captain of England. Yes. Uh, and happy for him there, obviously, a gun player. Good for him. Let, 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 let's, yeah, let's court our UK followers here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, gun player. New Zealand's but he's, finest. He's, he's, less, uh, he's, less, he's less menacing with uh, the long hair. Don't you think? I, I need I need Stokes with short hair. Yeah, gritty. Yeah, like you're, you're thinking you're thinking Beckham with the shaved head. Kind of. Oh, Beckham can do what he likes. Shh, that's a good point, that, and he does. Not, and yeah, I'm not <laughs> be putting Stokes in that bracket. To be I know fair. what you mean. I like because Stokes is uh, his style of play doesn't suit long hair. I like, don't think like, so. Like when Donny had long hair. Well, it looks done. You know, like he's 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 curating it. He's manicuring it, mm, and that's not that's not Ben Stokes's brand. Okay, for me. But, you Red know, Bull is his brand. I can't grow hair on top of my head. <laughs> sure. so because, you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah, fair sure. play to But I was just saying, like, uh, they had an inter-team yeah. uh, match. Yes. And you know how I we was saying earlier that uh, my life is very different to yours. So basically, yes. you came round, I'm just telling you this, um, yeah, I was last there. week. And uh, I we, 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 had, we had a few drinks. Um, yeah. And uh, 
you left a fair while. Like it'd been a fair while after you left, and I was still up. Wife's asleep. <laughs> Two-year-old son's asleep, and yeah. basically, my wife like creeps out. It's near midnight. Yeah, um, I'm not still drinking. I should say, right? But, like, thank God. Um, I think she creeps out, and I think she's expecting to like see. She's just nervous about what she might see. Right. She's expecting to see me in some lurid situation. <laughs> what? And instead, I'm 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 standing at the kitchen bench. <laughs> Watching on my iPhone, um, Stokes v Butler eleven, uh, eating, eat, eating eating a hummus sandwich, <laughs> and and oh, I think she was really relieved. I just started giggling yeah, oh God, when yeah. she saw me. She said, "What are you doing?" I'm yeah. like, "What am I doing?" I don't and, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a 34 year old man eating yeah. a hummus sandwich. Watching, How was it? Uh, it was a nice Even sandwich. Spread? And the first ball that I saw was. Uh, mm. Anderson to Denley trapping him LBW and I do, rock, you know yeah. this is going to upset Australians but Anderson over there especially is unbelievable. Mm. And well, uh, well, on that, do you reckon? Do you reckon Steve Smith's brilliance won the Ashes or um, <laughs> or Anderson's Achilles? Was it Achilles? We don't talk about it much, do we? We don't talk. About He's it much. really good. He's really good. He's got more wickets than McGrath. Did you see that footage they put out? You know how the kind of hype footage around like players in the nets now after the Coley oh, thing, hell, thing. Man, but they, yeah. they had one with Anderson just. Uh, hooping at absolute miles. I do like. I mean, cricket. It's obviously a UK game. It was made in the UK because mm. that's the best place to watch cricket. It's the it's the best even contest mm. between bat, bat and ball. ball. Exactly. Bat and ball. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, the highlight of that club game was the club game. Yeah, now, it was the uh, clubbies. <laughs> clubbies game was um, clubbies. Mark Wood singing Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, from the top of the grandstand, then started the old Jimmy Jimmy chant. That's I'm into that. Yeah. I'm into that, yeah. especially when they're not playing Australia. I can get behind that. Well, I would like to see the West Indies sweep them. Let's be let's be fair. Let's be very <laughs> with, with Rakim Cornwall um, leading <laughs> yeah. wicket taker, yeah, yeah. and not because of the rig, just because of the areas. Isn't the average like twenty? Yeah, yeah, okay. Still yeah. though, rig based selection. Well, and, and that's nothing against Rakim. It's literally that's just the ironclad unwritten rule of cricket that uh, if your rig is more, um, I guess, identifiable yes. than your actual statistics, then yes. you'll be known for your rig. So that's why McGrath was such a good player. <laughs> um. Club cricket's back, and they're going to play like eight aside. Yeah. That's so grim, isn't it? Really grim. Although good for a little stats boost, I reckon. Like if you're batting five, and you've got eight fielders, and there's a six-one field. At, at what point is it just? Is that just last man stands? Like at what point? Yeah, like wh- most you know of it. where? And speaking of you know, England is the home of cricketing dignity. Okay. Class-based game. Mm-hmm. System. We so said we've talked about this. We've covered yes. this many times before. Is your dignity lost? You know, where's the dignity if you're playing with eight? If you play club cricket, your dignity is lost at some point. Fair point. So you're just saying it doesn't matter how many people are there. doesn't matter. I'd, if someone tells me ahead of time, guys, it's 8v8, I'm like, get out of here. Most of the the biggest crowds that I've played at in front of yeah. has been a village game on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And there's like 40 people at the pub yeah. adjacent to the ground. Yeah. That still didn't come. That still didn't come. Someone actually wrote into us on Insta um, earlier today with uh, a picture of Dan Carter. Oh yeah, uh, the rugby union player who's come, who's making a comeback to play for yeah, the Crusaders. Cl- no, he played for his club team. Oh, the his weekend. club team. Well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the they won fifty five fourteen. Right. Okay, that was a conceded few. Yeah. Uh, and it <laughs> listed it listed all of his honours. This Instagram, all, yeah, every right. single thing that he's won. Yeah. Um, but now what he can add to it is that he was dropped off at the ground by his dad. <laughs> oh, that's that's your number one. <laughs> That's your number one. What is this rank? What is this rank, Dan? Uh, Rugby World Cup was pretty good, but yeah. you said there's, there's, there's still Anderson, still Anderson and Broad chat. Who do, who 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 creates this chat? Oh, should the, Anderson and Broad still play? 
Aren't statistically they've taken the most wickets in yeah, the partnership? So, uh, you know, I mean, look, we're Aussies. It's going to feel weird to English people Good. for us to be commenting on Good. whether Anderson Brooks. We'll tell them how to play cricket. Like, and and we will how to do with were they satisfied? Do you reckon draw, drawing the series with the number one test ranked team, the best team in the world? Do you reckon they were pleased with that? Let's just bake them in the comments. <laughs> yeah, back in the comments. <laughs> I think it's just Anderson and Broad play until Anderson Broad decide they do not want to play. Mate, where does hand sanitizer fit into this in terms yeah, of like hooping the hooping the readers, mm. hooping the jukes? Mm. I reckon hand sanitizer, ninety nine percent germ killer. I reckon it's doing some damage. I don't. I reckon a lot of people like talking about it. I like talking I about it. A lot of people don't know how to move a cricket ball regardless of what you put on it. You could fucking, you know, we talk about putting it in the freezer, putting sandpaper on it, scraping against a gutter, yeah, pissing yeah. on it. That was like the biggest thing about sandpaper. It didn't even work. Wax applicator that Kookaburra's talking about. You give that to 98% of bowlers, they still won't move it if you don't know how to position the seam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you, you know when you're giving throwdowns to a guy, usually a high grader so he knows your name. Yes. And you, you just get bored and then you're like, I'm going to try and get you out now. Yeah. Yorkers. After, Yorkers. Are you swinging them? I'm getting. I'm trying to find a two-piece from that ball bag somewhere and just going to seam up. It's just cricket, isn't it? Like giving throwdowns <laughs> is one cricket. of is just one of the most like uh, peasantried um, jobs mm. you can possibly do, mm. and you end up having to find your own fun within it, which is why like when <laughs> the board so when, when the batter misses one, you contend that that's what you may, meant to do. Yeah. You're starting to swing it. It's like when yeah. you're throwing the ball from point to cover or whatever. Actually, in fact, if it goes to point, you're playing third grade or lower. You skip points. <laughs> I like but it. But you always do it with seam up just to yeah. see if you get a bit of wobble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover it's takes a game it within or, a game. Or mid-off takes it. Mid-off's mm. already turned his, his or her back to give it to the bowler, but you're still making the um, mm-hmm. sign with your fingers that you made it move. Just mm-hmm. yeah, It's a normal just, game. It's completely normal and healthy for the, for the mind and soul yeah. and body. I, did, I mean, COVID, he goes, has yeah. made this mental dysfunction even worse for cricketers. Like, yeah. uh, There's been some desperately disturbing videos. So, you know, guys in full kit on treadmills. We're going to get yeah. to Rogan Linda too in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys in full kit on treadmills. Did you see the video of that that kid hooping it massively in the backyard to his little brother? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah and yeah. bowling really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowling back of a length. Back of, yeah, and just in, out. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting and there's always someone underneath. He's going, well, oh, mate, you just got to get back and across. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get in behind yeah. it. Yeah. It's like that ball's coming at probably about 170 k's just from mm. where he's bowling it. Mm. Anyway. Just well, let's go into Rogan Linda too then. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. He's the, he's the only thing that's keeping us alive. Yeah. That and Tiger King. Yeah. I reckon. Didn't watch Tiger King. No, it's not too late, mate. You can still get on board with that. But Robin Hood too. I mean, do you have a do you have like a one video that keeps popping up in your feed, or you go back to of his? Everyone around the world knows who he is, surely. Yeah, yeah. At this point, it's not, this isn't an Australian thing. Yeah. Someone tried to claim the other day it was Robin Hood too. He literally cleared that up on our show. Yeah. Robin Hood yeah. R O space. You're welcome, R-O society. Dash. Yeah. yeah. And we saw we 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 met Belinda. That's right. Or or E Linda, mm. a Linda. We met a Linda. Yeah. Okay, I've had okay, a drink. No, we've had- <laughs> Uh, you got a favourite? Look, probably my my like my favourite generally is just any Warne stuff, but that's boring. Yeah. Uh, and then like contrary to that, my favourite is Mark Waugh taking down Shane Warne, New South Wales, Victoria. Good one. Uh, Mark Waugh famously saying that he doesn't have respect for any spinners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he did disrespect Shane Warne and take yeah. him down. I like the Aussie baiting stuff, which is just yeah. trying to get the Indian fans. I'm into nice. that. A lot of like, yeah, Aussies humiliation, disrespect Aussies, that kind of stuff. That's the best thing and the most understated thing about Robolinda too is that his um, discrimination is actually equal <laughs> yeah. of all countries, yeah. especially in caps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all I caps, love it. exactly. I'm not racist. I hate everyone equally. Mate, let's talk about um, Dave Warner's TikToks. Okay. Um, now, initially I was like, well, what's going on here? Oh, sorry, just just to stay on the road into two things, quite okay. obviously, yeah. I used to have a favourite clip, which was 
uh, Mark Waugh taking sure, down Shane Waugh all the hour of Steve Waugh run-outs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the people came out and defended Steve Waugh because yeah. he's an Anzac. Yeah. And they watched that run-out video with their gin in their hand, their beer in their hand, and they mm. had True Blue playing from Jonathan... <laughs> Matthew Hayden's version. Yeah. A true blue playing from John Williamson and they were crying. I know we're talking about UK stuff, but basically I watched it too. Yeah. A lot of people wanted to come out and say, oh, actually, he's, uh, he was actually batting with the lower, uh, with the tail, yeah, yeah, so he's actually yeah. batting really good batting with the tail. Listen, he barbecued heaps of guys. <laughs> <laughs> he really he, did. He, you know, and, he and really he's, did. but here's another thing. Really good player, really good, good bat. Mm-hmm. Face of the 90s, mm-hmm. face of safety. Yeah. Both things can happen at the same time. I know things need to be binary. Yeah. But Steve Waugh ran blokes out. Have you got a favourite Steve Waugh run out? I do. Yeah, tell us yours, yeah. Um, mine is the Damien Martin run out at the Gabba when they're running for four. And Martin, <laughs> Martin like, out. gives up and Steve Waugh's about an inch away from him and Steve Waugh just keeps on running. Yeah. Just keeps going straight through the vulture end. And Damien Martin goes, oh, okay. Oh, I'm on about 40, but okay. And Harbhajan Singh throws in it, I think. Yes, Harbhajan. Harbhajan yeah. throws it and it's just, yeah, yeah. that's my favourite one. Yeah. That is, that's an Ward, absolute like, burning. Ward just does that thing where it, when he wants to burn you, the, the, he just it's gets like a those, horse. He, he gets gets those blind and on, yeah. yeah, And he just starts <laughs> wad, waddling down with those short steps. <laughs> now, for those upset and were crying listening to True Blue, yes. great batsman, good great stick. captain. Yeah, real good stick and the face of yep. 90s. And yes. Safety. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Just... Uh, is Steve Waugh not literally the embodiment of Sydney grade cricket yes, late 90s in Australian yes. success? Like, yes. extremely good, top of his game. No argument from me. Probably a little bit uh, selfish, you know, and that's why the Warren War thing is funny because, like, mm-hmm. while Warren is, uh, you know, in many ways a very, uh, you know, a lot of things can be questioned, there's, Complex, a, kernel, there's a kernel of truth to it. That's but the truth good. should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Selfishness, when did selfishness, sorry, become a bad trait in cricket terms? Every single person listening to this show is the most selfish person I've never met. All right, we'll speak about Warner's TikToks another time. We've got we've got Tim Breslin, we've got Jonathan Wilson, we've got Steve O'Keefe on the show, and then a hashtag AskTGC. I refer to the great cricketer here, and I'll say this will do a little bit early. <laughs> okay, the man you've all been waiting for, Terry Genesetti, bold blamanges. Uh, well, Virat must hate them. Uh, one of the great contributors to TGC. Steve O'Keefe, uh, so how are you? And can I just preface by saying somebody wrote in and said an off-contract sock on the grade cricketer, <laughs> could there be a better <laughs> guest? So welcome. Oh, mate, thanks for thanks for keeping me relevant, boys. I really appreciate it. This is really big for me. This is the big, biggest thing I've had is I've had to sit in a room with four of the hierarchy from Cricket New South Wales and told I wasn't wanted. So I really needed this as a pep talk. So this <sighs> is... This is great. I appreciate it. Uh, for mate, for so I mean, we sort of said before we chatted on the show, like you know, we don't want this to be the analyst uh, podcast. There's plenty of other casts out there that want to get into the nitty gritty <laughs> of all this sort of stuff. So like, guide us through it how you like. But for many people from the outside, Steve O'Keefe, uh, hundreds of first class wickets, comfortably the best uh, average uh, of all spinners uh, in the country, playing at first class level, and. You know, in you know, playing for the state that generally produces the most spinners for Australia and doing the best there, um, now no longer part of the setup, and and you're sort of alluding to being told by four people you weren't wanted. Um, yeah. Can you clear anything up for us there on on how that um, went down? It's you know, for the first time in my career, I you know, it, it, it's funny the, the whole process is is it was well, it was very new to me. Usually I can just go in and sign my own contract because, you know, I'm taking 30 wickets at 20. No one else in the country is doing that, so I can write my own check. But when you get it, you get an email. Sorry, it was a, it was a text message I got 
and you notice that the four names that were going to be included in your contract meeting uh, were the CEO, uh, head selector, uh, head of cricket, and the coach. You know it's generally not going to be here for a good thing, and they don't disguise it too well, um, Cricket New South Wales, because they put all the people who are generally pretty close or close to losing their contract on the same day. They have their meeting on the same day, so word gets out. If you're on, I think it was in my case, May the 2nd, I was on there with about three or four other people who were about to lose their job. So the writing was on the wall. Um, but one thing in the text that I did get from the head selector was at the end of it was uh, that he really looked forward to chatting to me. Um, and I think there was at some moment during the meeting halfway through um, that I stood up and said, what uh, bleeping part of this are you really enjoying? Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a sad moment to have, but I did end up getting, uh, you know, I was, you know I, was, I was dragged out by security, kicking and screaming, saying I didn't really want to leave, but... Um, obviously, I left a bigger man and was uh, well respected and very diplomatic. Uh, but it was a uh, yeah, it was a tough situation to be in. But I, uh, you know, I've moved on. Things have moved on. My Xbox is is moving on. Um, I've started a wine journal. I've bought wine racks. I'm, I'm handling it as any good retired cricketer would. Um, and chatting to you guys more importantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of, co- of, yeah, course, of course, still doing yeah. a, a service to the game. Yeah. It's funny with those like <laughs> emails when um, there might be some bad news to communicate, like the email subject line is like meeting or like yeah, yeah, yeah. catch up. And they're literally trying to find something to say, look forward to talking. Mm. And then you've obviously, you're like, okay, so there's something they're excited about talking about. I mean, didn't need that little yeah. slap on the way too, I suppose. Oh, that was good, yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a week of, of waiting. It was sort of like a firing squad. You knew it was happening. Uh, and it was sort of COVID had sort of hit, or COVID had sort of hit. So there's four people in this massive square bedroom and people are sort of yelling at you from 10 metres away, telling how you, 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 you're not involved and not interested anymore or not part of the, the project going forward. So it made it even more awkward. But uh, um, as I said, I think... Uh, I think I was sort of a bit like John Farnham. I'd sort of been given one last chance for so many years in a row that, you know, I think I'd finally found, finally had the silver bullet and that was it. So, um, mate, but I'm happily retired. I've got a bit of Sixers stuff going on. I'm going to go back and play a bit of club cricket, which I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, like any respectable retired first-class cricketer, I sort of shot myself around to all the grade clubs knowing that I was had a loss of income. Um, <laughs> How'd you do that, by the way? Was it just like a um, like a pro forma email with all the clubs BCC'd, or did you forward like a hyperlink in my cricket? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Just got all my my cricket stats up since two thousand and five, playing for the Hawks, saying there's still plenty of value. But yeah, no, I couple uh, of headlines from the Daily want- Mail. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah, a couple of articles. Uh, use it through camera merchants, contracts through Instagram to try and reach out to a few clubs. Um, <laughs> But I was, uh, you know, I uh, shot myself around. Uh, no one wanted me a bit like the blue, so I'm going to just stick with the original plan of being loyal and giving back to Manly Cricket Club. Well, that's what I've told them anyway. Mm. So, um, yeah, so no, no base, but I'm sticking with Manly. And to be honest, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure how, um, you know, a lot of these young crickets are really going to appreciate me taking out my bitterness and resentment um, <laughs> of not playing first-class cricket on these young 19-year-old kids with big dreams and aspirations of playing and uh, 36-year-old fat, bald, uh, stock at first split, giving them a golf ball. But it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be coming in hot. It's going to be new for me, but I'm bloody excited about it. It's going to be pretty exciting for the umpires when you hand them the baggy green left arm round, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, manly over. That's right. yeah, I've got the, got the taped-up helmet and the Aussie cricket kit with this uh, 
with the, with the international bag tags on them as well. So it's all there. I'm ready to go. Pre-season is set. Uh, self-awareness <laughs> is great. So you're obviously aware of your role now as an ex-first-class cricketer coming <laughs> yeah. in a bit uh, resentful and an ex-test player. Can Angry. you just give us, for those listening out there in that very niche group, like how, how do you go about working over a young 19-year-old with aspirations or whatever? They might be in the academy or the second mm. 11 or something. Mm. You might have heard their name. You pretend that you don't. Mm. How, like you say you've got 10 overs at them, you're bowling a spell. Like how, mm. how do you work yourself into that and make mm. sure that they are crying at the end of that innings or the mm. end of the day? Shower stuff? Well, I mean, it's all been it's all been a bit of a bluff from my point of view, you know, because I've got no really spinning major ball. It all has to come from the golf. So generally I start really personal. So if there's something personal <laughs> about personal, them, I don't start like. Personal. Start personal, go from there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right, yeah. yeah. You know, it's got nothing to do with cricket. It's something I've, I've either heard on the... Uh, on the grapevine. I like to do a bit of research as well. So, I, I mean, there's a, there's, there's, there is a bit of uh, science behind my sledging. So, mm. I will get a, uh, a good look at the squad beforehand, go through, find any dirt, and generally start at the weakest point mm-hmm. um, and, and work my way back from there. You know, if I haven't generally done my job and, and knock them over in the first 10 balls. If they're out there long enough, it, that's probably the length of my depravity will, will extend. If they're out there batting long enough, they'll get more and more... Uh, abuse, let's call it that, thrown their way uh, until I finally get my victim and I buy a good send-off as well. So, um, yeah, it, it'll, it'll, it'll vary from player to player. Um, but, I, you know, I'll wait until great season starts before I start getting too in-depth. We can do that in the next podcast. Well, it obviously worked for Verat, so I'm sure it's going to work against a 17-year-old. <laughs> good enough for Verat. Um, i got a question uh, here, Sock, which was slid into the DMs. It's from uh, Trent Heil. Says, good day, fellas. Got a nice TJC for Sock. Having been around the grey cricket scene for almost two decades, how has the post-game circuit evolved between the noughties and now, if at all? And if I may indulge, what is Sock's favourite circuit venue in the Sydney Test cricket catchment? <laughs> it's a great question because um, you know, generally around Manly, I'm only allowed back into about two spots, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's Woolworths and Coles, and that's before the sun goes down. <laughs> not the Aldi anymore. Not not after the Aldi yeah, incident. Yeah. The, the Aldi at the wharf. Yeah. Um, so you give me a good rundown of the price of wine in the Aldi supermarket. Um, generally, my go-to place for circuit these days. Um, mate, I tell you what, Trent. I remember Trent from playing back in my Hawkesbury days, and it was it was hard to go past the Mean Fiddler. Yeah, that was that was strong. That was mm. strong. Can you describe uh, that for our maybe our UK I th- fans? I think that was Sydney's dan- most dangerous pub at one point. Mm. It might not be. It anymore, was. But it was yeah, so. it, it was. It was overtaken by um, the Stain, which had I think uh, the, was had the most reported assault. Okay. Something was like one a week going, but it was it was they, they were going toe to toe at one stage. Yeah, the Fiddler, just a big. Open pub, live music, four or five different sections with yeah. a bit of a nightclub, a dark, hazy room, and it was just mm. a great place to go and get lost in. You could just bounce around like a pinball in there, you know, <laughs> and you're sort of walking around place. like Pac-Man, finding yourself either in the pokies, and then you'd be on the dance floor, then you'd be listening to live music, um, and then generally tossed out into the car park, trying to do some of your worst work out there. So, yeah, it's, it's just, just, just big enough that you could, you could evade and, and hide and find new groups of people all throughout the night. <laughs> it was fun. The Castle Hill Tavern 20 years ago was pretty good as well. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, that's, I don't think that exists anymore, the nightclub section of that. But, yeah, there's, there's a bit of nostalgia for you. Yeah. Sock, uh, sorry, a, a cricket question. As you mentioned earlier last year, 30 at 20. Uh, we've since um, <laughs> we've since learned uh, 
since a few there's been a few movements in the shield and stuff like that that ne- they're now like abandoning the Duke's ball and then you know all the uh, mm. obsessives are getting together and saying, well, this would be better for spinners uh, because the Jukes wasn't good for spin and will the Kookaburra be better than stats suggest otherwise? And, you know, can you just uh, shed any light uh, for us on whether the Jukes or the Kookaburra makes any difference to a spinner and if anyone is going to take any wickets now that you're not there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think, I mean, I generally found bowling with the Jukes probably better because the, the team stayed harder. But the problem was because the Jukes swung all game, it was always, I mean, you just needed a scalpel to get the ball out of the hands of the quicks, you know, because they'd always, it just swung, it swung until the 80s over. It's like, do we want to bowl, you know, wickets with a bit of grass on them generally, you know, that, that, that was the aim of most of wickets around the country was to sort of suit the quicks because we want to test them with the jukes and the batters against the moving ball. So it's quite hard. So I think if they do go back to a cooker, there's going to be that period of where it's softer and doesn't do much for longer. So I think it will lend itself to bowling a, a, a few more spinners and, you know what, bloody good. I, I hope so. You know, I'm sick and tired of watching around, um, you know, these state teams pick four quicks and then an all-rounder who's a medium pacer and they're your five bowlers and, you know, you're off, sco- you're, you're off spinners like Tommy Cooper or something from South Australia bowls three overs, bowls the graveyard shift from 70 to 80 and, you know, he's one, one for 30 off three, but he's done his job um, sort of thing. So I think he's, you know, I think it, it, it. I think it needs to move that way, and I am excited because I think there are some really good spinners. You know, Tommy Andrews has moved down to Hobart, which I think is a good move for him. So I think the best spinners are now sharing themselves out around the country, um, and I think they just need to get that opportunity to buy more overs. And I think, like, yeah, racking off the juice ball, that that that's that's going to happen. Do you have a view? Like, it's funny, it's been a lot of, uh, you know, talk. I guess the biggest move in New South Wales, in cricket, has been Adam Zampa in New South Wales, mainly because he's mm. going back to where he's from, and um, but, but also because I presume that because he's playing for New South Wales, people might think he might be the second in line to Lyon. He was mm. in South Australia and he wasn't that in red ball cricket for a while. Do you think moving states can change that for a player, or who do you think is the next couple in line? To going um, down that line, yeah, yeah. to replace Lyon. It's a tough one. I think I think it's a pretty even playing field, isn't it? At the moment, I mean, it's just it's, you look at someone like Swepson, who's probably number two, but it's hard to bowl spin at the Gabba. You know, like it's again because of the conditions, and I think the front runner, yeah, I, I think whoever jumps out of the block, you know, well in the start of the Shield season is going to be the next in line. I think mm. I've always said it. I think the talent's there. I mean, the guys like Agar, Swepson. Andrews, Damper, they're all far more talented bowlers than I am. I, I think I was just presented with more opportunity to bowl more overs. Therefore, you, you get more comfortable. You, you know, you upskill a bit quicker. So, um, you know, if you see guys like Agar bowling 30 overs a game, he's going to get better. You throw in his batting mix. So it's probably, you know, I'd still stick with, say, Swepson and um, Agar as the next two. And then I think down the line, you know, Damper bowls well. Like the guys dominates Virat Kohli at international level. So it's it just, the mind boggles a little bit how he probably hasn't found that red ball success. And maybe the fresh start at New South Wales might be exactly what he needs. So he's still young, you know, he's under 30. He's got, mm. he's got that sort of, you know, he can stick the test out, which is hard for spinners to do. And he's already got that international success. So I'm kind of interested to see how he goes bowling, you know, on the slow wickets in Sydney. And, uh, you know, mm. if, you know, again, if he starts out well, why, why can't he? We, we want to see a leggy, don't we? I've always wanted to see a leggy bowl. Um, unfortunately for everyone listening and, you know, for Australian cricket, it's been me who's been that second spinner. But I think it's about time we had, we had, a, we had a leggy who, who might be a little bit more exciting. Oh, it's very magnanimous and a good endorsement of the Love Cafe. 
So like, I want to ask you, so like how you reflect on your professional career now, obviously, you know, Manly's paying you a six figure sum anyway, mm. but, um, but, Correct. You know, <laughs> but, but someone did ask if this yeah. uh, podcast was sponsored by the stain, but, um, but, um, you know, like in the game, you've literally achieved every basically dream that every young child would have done. You know, growing up in Australia, you actually play test matches, you played in the IPL, you played in the big bash. Um, you know, do, do you wish you played more tests? Were there times when you were sort of looking at guys who were picked ahead of you and be like, I'm twice as good as this bloke? And if so, who? I think, yeah, I think when I look back on it, I'm like, you know, I probably could have had a bit more luck. And yeah. I remember someone asking this a while back when I was still playing. I was like, you know, I could have had a bit more luck, but, you know, I, I could have behaved better. But all in all, I really feel like I got the most out of what I had. I think if I started, I played my first game and then there was a four-year gap between my first and my second. And I felt like if I'd, played during that time, I wouldn't have been ready and I could have torched my opportunity. I think they picked me when I was ready at 25, 26. Um, and I had a lot of luck along the way with good captaincy with Simon Cadditch and Matthew Mott. So I don't mm. I don't think I look back. I don't think I would have had it in me to play the 70 or 80 test that Gaz has played. I'd love mm. to sit here and say that I would have, but he's bowled you know, in, in, in tough conditions all around the world, had to learn his cricket at that sort of test level. Now, he had to learn first fast cricket at test level, and he's done it so well, yeah. um, you know, and he's only getting better. So I think nine tests is about right. You know, some might say it's nine too many. I'll say it's probably about bang on. If you get me with a few sherbets in me, I'll certainly tell you that I should have played 90. But I think <laughs> all in all, looking back, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, I've been, as you said, I've been able to play T20 cricket. I've traveled the world. I've met some yeah. bloody interesting, good people. And Thanks, mate. I don't look back. I don't look back with the resentment. Um, you know, there's certainly been some tough days um, in the last couple of months, but you know, overall, I feel pretty. I'm, I'm pretty lucky, and I, I think that's the way I kind of look at it. Oh, mate, we, you know, it's not over because you still got to play for Manly, but uh, you know, we are uh, <laughs> yeah. actually Hawkesbury away <laughs> first round. Hawksbury, yeah, yeah, tough place <laughs> to land. But, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I think we speak on behalf of a lot of our uh, listeners who um, have loved your career and, and loved the character that you've brought to it. So on behalf of them, and I will speak for them against their will, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> congratulations on a great first-class career. And you never know, you know, you might just be taking bagfuls against Campbelltown and uh, all of a sudden <laughs> no one's doing well at first-class level. And what about, you know, maybe Steve Smith's captain and he just brings you along with him. You know, mm. a, second li- a second live show for the great <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think, um, yeah, I, I am excited. I mean, I did my first pubman's duty on the weekend for Manly. They're like, oh, can you come down and help us remove this old cover? Um, oh, and I felt oh, like it was going to be like about a five-minute job because we're taking to the tip. Turns out this thing had been there since about 1930, and the, the tree that, that Manly Oval did the score had actually grown its roots over it. So oh, there's about six of us with our shirts off with picks, and shovels. Uh, digging up a tree and removing an old cover, and I'm like, this has really just brought me back down to earth. This is how it ends. Um, yeah. 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 So proper. We all end up proper. under the earth, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's deep. That's how I started my great season. So yeah, I've, I've, I, I, I am looking forward to giving back. That's the way that I'm looking at it. Um, and uh, you know, Manly will be the tool for that. It's a bloody good place to play a bit of club cricket. And I'm uh, for as long as my body will hold out, I'll hang around there. Mm. Oh, nice little disclaimer at the end. Okay, yeah, so two your last, your yeah, last okay. three three rounds, or only play when there's a three k radius from your house. Yeah, just play the home games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> nice one. I've got all three as well. Mum's still living out of Richmond, so I do have an excuse and a bet out that way. So that, even <laughs> that's not off limits anymore. It used to be, but uh, I'll be. Uh, I'll be hitting mum and dad up for for a bed and breakfast uh, on the way trip to Hawksbury for sure. Uh, Steve O'Keefe, thanks for joining us. Thanks a million. Good on you, man. Thank you. 
guys, we're just going to introduce ourselves to the morning. It's a great opportunity to bring some connection to your breathing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please file the following guest down as one frighteningly above our humble station. Uh, he'll be known to many of you as a football writer, award-winning author, and editor of The Blizzard. Uh, but he goes and I listen to him on The Guardian Football Weekly, and I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Cricket might be his favourite sport. Uh, Jonathan Wilson, it's a great pleasure to have you on The Great Cricketer. Well, it's a great pleasure to be with you. <laughs> Is it, though? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let, let me start, Jonathan. Um, you know, can you take us into the hearts and minds of club cricketers across England? First, the pain at not being able to play in the time of coronavirus and the pleasure after Boris's recent, um, mm. uh, let's say, 180 and announcement that cricket is back on. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, from a personal point of view, this has been timed absolutely perfectly in that I had surgery on my shoulder last June. I've been really struggling with it, and I'm due to bowl my first ball in the nets tomorrow. Uh, so I've been working on it in the gym, but I haven't, I haven't actually had a ball. I haven't actually tried to bowl at 22 yards. So being able to then play my first game well, four days after that, it really couldn't have been timed any better. Um, and I, you know, I think it has been a huge amount of frustration, uh, particularly because it became it became apparent quite early that cricket is is relatively safe. And you know, we saw in the UK the basketball, for instance, came back. You sort of think, well, how on earth is basketball safe and cricket not? You know, if it's contact with the ball, you obviously touch the ball a lot more playing basketball than cricket. Uh, the whole thing seems to have been a mess. I, mean, I think these the hard criticism possibly a bit unfairly that people haven't quite realised what they were doing behind the scenes and maybe ECB could have presented that a bit better. But I, I mean, I heard, uh, well, uh, two weeks gone, you know, basically the league had asked for a three-week warning to get the pitch and everything ready. And they got that ready to start this weekend coming up. Uh, so I heard this for two weeks ago and there was various sort of uh, documents we talked about that, you know, as journalists, you sort of, you see that, that, that maybe other punters wouldn't see. And it all seemed to be totally sort of reasonable and logical. And I was sort of ready to come back, you know, this weekend. And, I, you know, I play for four different teams. I told the lads and all the four teams, <laughs> you know, I think we're back this weekend. Uh, and then Johnson said this ridiculous thing about the ball being a natural vector of disease. So just by chance, my um, the, the, the specialist I've been seeing about my shoulder, uh, I won't identify him, but he, he works for one of the county sides and he's on some sort of government cross-sport advisory body. And so I said to him, you know, what, what, what's going on with this? Like, you know, how, how is basketball safe and, and cricket not? And he said, well, it's nonsense. The ECB have done their own tests on, 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 on balls. And essentially, they've infected the balls deliberately. I think they've done 24 balls and then you know, left them out in the sun. And within two minutes, they were, they were safe. I mean, I, I may be slightly misrepresenting the science there, but essentially they had done tests and had found that the, the, the chance of, of a ball being a vector of disease was utterly minimal. Uh, and then, you know, last week we were, we were hoping for it. Uh, and, and Johnson said this thing on, on the radio about, oh, it's all about teas and all about changing leads. So you don't have to have teas. You don't have to have changing leads. Mm. We sort of understood that we wouldn't be able to do then. And then, you know, somebody obviously had a word to him that day in, in the House of Commons that, that, that afternoon. He, he did another U-turn and said, yeah, it's back. And, and 
So everybody's suddenly scrambling around trying to rearrange matches that were cancelled and, and get the league going again. There's a great piece that you've written in the Night Watchman. Which is a, uh, it's a wonderful kind of quarterly uh, put out by Wiston. Mm. For those who are listening, uh, recently Jonathan called you your mam and Lance Gibbs. Uh, and it's about, I won't give it away, but it's about, as you describe, a tie to Sunderland and home. Um, can you just give us a little kind of... Uh, taster of what that piece is about because it's an epic uh, article. I'd encourage anyone who does get the Night Watchman to to read it. Um, but, yeah, sort of what inspired that and what's it about? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's um, I think it's the most unusual piece I've ever written. Yeah, I don't think I've ever written anything remotely like that. So um, it began in 2010. Um, and... Um, my dad was very ill, was, was coming to the end of his life up in Sutherland, where I'm from. Um, my mum uh, had a hip replacement, uh, so she needed looking after. So I was, I was up in Sutherland looking after her, uh, going to visit my dad. Uh, and I was also just in commission to write a book on, on Brian Clough, the, the football manager, who, who played for Sutherland for, for two seasons, mm-hmm. suffered his, his career and injury in Sutherland. Um, so I was doing some research on, on that, going through old newspapers. Uh, and you know, just literally just turning page after page, trying to find some, some new details about Clough. You know, I, I figure he's been written about an enormous amount. And um, got into the cricket reports, the club cricket reports in the summer, and found out, found this reference to Lance Gibbs playing for Whitburn. Now, Whitburn's my, my local village from the north edge of Sutton. Um, very small place. Uh, and then, you know, there's the first place I've ever watched cricket. It's, you know, the, the ground is beautiful, right on the cliff top, like the wind lashes across it. And it just makes no sense. I mean, the idea of landscapes playing there, even knowing that a lot of um, a lot of West Indies players from that period played in local leagues in in England, mm. you know, that was the only way they could really sort of generate an income. Um, but still, this this is like a it's a tiny village, and landscapes at the time was the best spin bowler in the world. Um, Three hundred and nine you know, test wickets. He, <laughs> well, yeah, he he. he um, uh, so he he was signed. Uh, let me get this right. The the autumn of '61, they signed him to come over in '62, and that winter was when he, oh, the English winter, he, he demolished India, um, and that that was what you know, really sort of elevated him. And then the following winter was was, was the uh, Western East of Australia, the Thai Test and all that. Not that he played in Thai Test, but he uh, he did. I think he took a hat trick in that series, didn't he? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at it. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Yeah. Up the tail. Um, so, yeah, he's absolutely at the peak of his powers. And there he is playing for this tiny club. He just finished bottom of the Durham Senior League. So I just thought this is an incredible... <laughs> what was he doing there? And how is Dollar this not run. really well known? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I went home to my mum and said, like, you know, Van Skibbs played for, for Whitburn. And she went, oh, yeah, we used to go and watch him. And she still thought of it. She went, yeah, I think he's the first black man I ever saw. And you still think this is an incredible story. The story yeah. of immigration, the story of, uh, you know, the, the northeast changing. It's a, it's a, I mean, the reason he played for them was um, the grounds being owned by sort of the local landowners, Texas Williams, um, you know, pretty much all the land in, in, in that area of North London was, was owned by the family. And they, 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 set up the club in the mid-19th century. And so, you know, they, they, they controlled the whole thing for well over 100 years. Mm. 
And then, you know, the, the family dwindled. The, you know, the, I think it was the 11th Baronet decided, you know, he, he was going to sell up. And he sold to a bloke called Laurie Evans, who's a local sort of um, construction magnate, who was also the vice chairman of Sunderland Football Club. And he, you know, the reason he bought it was he wanted to knock down the old sort of manor house and build flat, which is right, right next to the ground. And the ground was protected in law. Uh, the cricket had to be played there. And he realised, he didn't know anything about cricket, but he realised that the, the way to sort of get the village on side with his, with his plan, to get the planning commission through, was to invest in the cricket club. So he, he, he rebuilt the pavilion. The pavilion is, is still there today. And he sort of went into the, you know, the, the AGM in, in the September of 61, which at the bottom of the senior league, said, right, this cannot happen again. How do we win the league? And you know, the other directors are sort of like, well, we haven't had a professional for three years. Um, I guess we could get a professional, thinking that he would sort of say, well, okay, we'll, we'll get one of these people who used to play for an English county. This is when Durham was still a minor county. Mm. Uh, you know, who are in their 30s and coming to the end of their career. And he went, well, who's the best player in the world? And they went, well, we know that Lance Gibbs, who was playing for Burnley, we know that his contract's up. And he went, well, how much will he cost? And he went, well, I don't know. A thousand pounds for the summer? And he said, well, yeah, fine. We'll have to get him. <laughs> and so Lance Gibbs turns up the following April and proceeds to take uh, over 100 wickets at seven and a bit. Oh, my God. But anyway, that, that's, that's the sort of cricket side of it. And I, I kind of... Um, I chased down a few people who played with and against him and, and then sort of, you know, because I had nowhere to really put it, the piece sort of ran out of steam. And then uh, last year, uh, my man died in October and I was back up in Sunderland sort of, you know, dealing with, with that and, um, you know, spending her, her last few days with her. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I finally sort of chased it down. And so the, the piece kind of, I sort of came to this realisation that, I could only finish the piece when my mama died. Uh, the, the, so the two things were sort of linked. And the, so it became a piece. It's about landscape. It's about Sunderland. It's about Whitburn. And it's about my family. And it, it's about the, the the connection you have to home. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, 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 I sort of put off speaking for landscapes because I wanted to wait until I knew exactly what I wanted to ask him, which was a stupid thing to do because if I'd spoke to him, spoke to him in 2010, he'd have been in his mid-70s now, mid-80s. His memory is, I mean, you know, he's still very sharp, but his memory is, is, is starting to go. And anyway, why, why would he remember the three seasons he spent in Whitburn uh, beyond sort of the, the generalities of you know, the other players? And, and yeah, he's not going to remember specific games or anything. 100 wickets at seven, though. I remember, I remember every single one. <laughs> uh, well, did you, do you remember when he took um, 4.30 in Sea and Harbour? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I spoke to him earlier this year, and that was sort of the the, the sort of the impetus to get, get actually get the piece finally finished. Mm. And I ended up finishing it in, in lockdown when I had a bit of time. Mm. Uh, yeah, finally got it got it wrapped up. Mm. Well, there's uh, plenty of people who may again be in lockdown uh, in Australia. So yeah. uh, grab the Night Watchman and give that a read. It is an epic piece. It's an amazing piece, so beautifully written. Uh, Jonathan Wilson, I can't believe I've been saying your name on this humble show, but thank you so much uh, for joining us, and we hope to catch you uh, through the UK summer. Yeah, absolutely. We'd, we'd love to be back. I guess me just whispering in their ear saying, get rarer. He goes, of course, we have some wonderful friends. Why do you sound like that? <laughs> That's good. These these ads are getting weirder and wilder. Yeah. Oh, it's an ad, is it? No, I just want to talk about Budgie Smuggler. Okay, Our let's friends it. at BudgieSmuggleruk.com. Yep. Custom smugglers all the rage this UK summer, he goes. Now, 
there's an excellent summer going on in the UK yes. as far as weather is concerned. Sure. Perhaps not so much in terms of the mobility, let's just say, yeah. of humans. Well, but that's understandable. But pubs are open again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so is the temptation, I suppose, to go to the beach, stay a bit distant from people if possible. And if you are going to do that, if you are going to go to water, mm. get yourself some custom budgie smugglers. Now, what are the sorts of newsworthy things you might put on those smugglers? He goes, for yeah. example, yeah. the Prime Minister... Uh, the Prime Minister himself described the cricket ball as a natural vector of disease, natural vector of not disease. Uh, two weeks ago yes. as we go to where. Yes. I learn about vectors in uh, school, some do with lines and, and whatnot. Uh, that's Most of the I people learn. that I played with were a vector of disease in some capacity. Grade cricket is a natural vector of disease, mm-hmm. uh, which is now the synergy is coming together and that's the title of this show. Here we go. A natural vector of disease. So how about you consider a cricket ball mm-hmm. on your budgie smugglers okay. and some words to the effect of this is a natural vector of disease. Maybe <laughs> leave the cricket ball off it and people can be left with their own imagination about what you're speaking about. Any ideas yourself? True hero of this COVID-19 situation, Sam, is, uh, well, uh, Roblinder 2 has been yeah. idolised across the world. And rightly so. I saw NASA Hussain got involved with, I think he posted, one of my great Roblinder 2 clips is NASA Hussain. There's a ball, he's in the West Indies, and the ball literally rolls and the disappointment on his face is just so relatable. Mm. I think it's the West Indies. Might be Pakistan. Anyway, um, Roblin the Two should be celebrated for bringing this into light. All these clips of the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and the noughties, all of it, just all together, should be celebrated by wearing custom smugglers. I'm not sure the legalities of that, mm. using someone's likeness from the internet, but... Well, I'm sure Roblin the Two is all across issues of copyright and stuff <laughs> yeah, like good that. Point. So good I doubt point. he'd have many oppositions to it. But uh, I'd certainly endorse a Roblin the Two line of smugglers. Okay. Really. Glad and that's something for Linda to listen smugglers. to. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, BudgieSmugglerUK.com. Okay, it's the guy. No, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> good. Perfect. Again. Perfect. No, we're, okay, we're no, we were not recording. Okay. Uh, recording now. Okay, it's the guy who in 2006 <laughs> told Steve Smith he wasn't good enough for Yorkshire and instead gave him some kit and later on was in the team that destroyed Australia in 2010 or whenever. Uh, in the meantime, he's amassed a master sterling international and first-class career, appeared at two great cricket alive shows in the UK, and he's apparently about to change clubs, or maybe he has changed clubs. Uh, he's our friend, he's your friend, Tim Bresnan. Welcome uh, to your third appearance on this podcast. How's things? Yeah, good. Do I, uh, do I get a match ball now for that third appearance? <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, not you, know, and, you know, in footy, well, and you know, in footy, when you score at trick, you get to keep the match ball. Yeah, we play that game here too. But yeah. Thought, uh, yeah, all right, fair enough. It's not even like an ask, G, ask, ask TG, hashtag ask TGC, like a, like a ball, like anything like that, no? <laughs> I feel as though the comment before we actually started recording was a lot better than this. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Let's, uh, I mean, Tim, you, the, the main news with you is that Big news. You've, uh, changed, you've moved clubs, clubs from Yorkshire to Warwickshire. Uh, a lot of people yep. listening to this show will have changed clubs before. I mean, can you confirm even at that high-profile level that it's really just um, the same people in different kit? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, no, it's good. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to answer your question, to be honest. Obviously, Has someone got a gun to the back of your head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've all got different names and slightly different faces, but, yeah, it's 
send people in different kit. We're all cricket that way. Well, do, do, do you know many what, of the what guys? Is all, what is it my old coach used to say? That we all piss in the same pot. I think, is what he, <laughs> I think that's what you're referring to. I mean, do you know many of the guys at work, yeah. like like Work, Spell, you know, Dom Sibley? Basically, all the guys yeah. play for England. Is you know, is that, is that who you're talking yeah, to? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they're all the way with England at the minute. But obviously, I know Belly and there's a few lads signed from, um, from Yorkshire over the last uh, sort of three or four years so I know those guys as well and then mm. yeah I've played against these guys for a while no no most of them mm. yeah it's all good how, how do you play it like yeah. socially only, uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a bit weird you know you just gotta you know when you usually you, you sort of big peacock out you at a club and you yeah you know you, you know your sort of status but then coming into a different team you have to you have to figure out where you fit in the hierarchy of of peacocks mm. and, where, and where do Alfred, you fit because you, you might well I don't know to be honest I'm still figuring it out I've only been here half an hour because <laughs> <laughs> you, you spent you spent was it 19 years bros 19 years at Yorkshire is that right 19 years 19 yeah. years and yeah. then you obviously played to be fair, I'm probably getting I'm, I'm, to be fair I'm probably going down a lot in everyone's estimations because I've only been half an hour but now I'm that out of the way on the phone to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Which is not a great look, is it? Really. Well, but we're all good. We're all good. In fact, probably... once I tell them that it's uh, the the great cricketer, they'll be like, "Oh shit!" Tell them I said love and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Almost definitely. Yeah. Almost definitely. Um, yeah. I had a question um, come in from a chap named Dale Tower. I think his name is. Let me just let me just pull up here, Brez. And it's about your time at Yorkshire because it's obviously worth celebrating. But uh, he said, uh, message for Tim Brez. Sad to see him leaving Yorkshire. The Otley run is 16 bars over 1.5 miles in Leeds. Which teammate performed the best over this this elite cricketing venue? Well, I think it's 19 bars. 19. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, We've actually all, we've all completed it. All the Yorkshire boys completed it on uh, end of season. One year. And what period of time are we looking at? We're, 19 bars. 19 bars. Well, we started at midday. Yeah. Um, and obviously ran it as a bit of a fine to do. Yeah. Um, and we finished about 2 a.m. Yeah, not bad. So, so four, 14 session. hours. That is, that's a decent session. Just a late cricketers. Good session, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Elite uh, drinkers at the end of the season, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> love talking to you. It's been half an hour. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and also, Jack wrote in. He says, "Does Tim remember whacking me in the cock for buying Sam Booker instead of tequila in the arc headingly in 2012?" Uh, yeah, almost certainly remember that. Why did, why did you do that? What an asshole Jack was! <laughs> I asked for tequila. <laughs> yeah, I asked for tequila, and he bought Sam Booker. <laughs> um, there's obviously like you, you've moved clubs, Brez. Just going back to that, but you, you've got a pretty stellar international career, mate. Like, how, how many tests did you win in a row when you first joined the England team? Was it like tw- it's like twelve or thirteen, isn't it? Your first matches? Yeah, twelve, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, like you... it's one behind Gilly. So I Google whatever Gilly got, and I got one left. <laughs> okay, like sorry, Belly. It's the Great Cricket Podcast. Do you want to have a chat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he just said the what? The what? 
Can you ask him what the likelihood is of him coming on the show next week? Uh, Bailey, what's the likelihood of you going on the show next week? He's, he's just running off to do his sprints, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so not, maybe. Not the first player run away from yeah, that run request away. in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he'll be harder than getting Langer. Oh, really? Yeah, really. We're going to ask. Yeah. Best though won't yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, it's just right. mate's having a chat again. Yeah. yeah. Boys, I'm... I don't want to. I don't want to cut the shot, but I'm really gonna have to go. Like they're, they're literally starting the next session of sprints, so I'm You're doing sprints. At 35, yeah, yeah. I've got to do sprints. Well, mate, look after Team yourself. Sprints, mate. Don't Team worry sprints. about your hamstrings. Right. I'll ring you back. It's all good, mate. Okay. It's all good. Is that going to work? No, it's perfect. I'll, I'll be think... done in 10 minutes. No, it's done well. Right, I'll be done in 15 minutes. I'll be done. Don't say we don't I'll bring you close back. to things in the grade cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Brez. Love you, mate. Lots of laughs as well. I love I love the the um the Twitter account. It's great. I follow it um a great deal. And even while I understand not only not even half of it, I still love it. <laughs> what perfect endorsement could you have? Pezza hashtag AskTDC. It's been a minute since we've gone through the DMs properly and scrolled through and had a look. And there's there's a lot in there. And thank you. A lot of people who have just been locked up. Yeah. A lot of weird thoughts. Yeah. A lot of weird thoughts. I thought there'd be a lot of that. Like, I think when the uh, yeah. the tweet was put out, it was mm-hmm. some invitation to express what was in the psyche because there's mm-hmm. no, yeah, as we know, more no more dysfunctional psyche than that of a locked-up club cricketer. Exactly. Particularly those who are England-based. With respect. Exactly. Well, we've got, how many, we've got, what'd you say, we've got five here? Something like that. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. All right, James Worthington writes in. I'm not sure if I should have said his name because he starts off saying, hey, fellas, I'm the worm. I moved to New South Wales for university going down from Queensland. I met this bird and she was exactly what I needed in my life. Problem. Can you describe what's that? Oh, yeah. Probably got a problem. Problem. Okay. I had a girlfriend back at home and I was just days away from breaking up with her. At a gatho one night, I'm presuming gatho, one night, this chick, let's call her Emily, wanted to get busy. However, I stayed loyal and God, I wish I didn't. Forced back home due to COVID, my girlfriend dumped me instantly. I tried my best to stay in contact with Emily, Emily back at uni. However, I felt she beginning to lose interest. Now she is seeing someone and ultimately has uh, he has the same name as I do. Let's call him James. It's, a, it's an old case of should have, would have, could have, but I didn't. Sad times. How do I get over this? I can't tell her about my cricketing ability because ultimately over three seasons, I have a high score of 16 batting at nine uh, without ever taking a wicket. Any advice? Would be much appreciated. Cheers, the worm. Okay, James. A uh, few things, brother. Um, commiserations, yeah. obviously. On so that, that's possibly love lost. Uh, congratulations on staying loyal. I think you did the right thing there, although it didn't pay off for you in this circumstance. Yep. Um, so so maybe your lesson. lesson is trust your instincts a little, <laughs> a little bit more, and yeah. maybe a little bit more judgment would have um, had you be somewhat aware that you're about to get. Uh, horrifically dumped. Also, just a bit of grammar, mate, um, and some spelling stuff. Just like <laughs> beginning to, beginning to lose interest. Just looking that on the page looks very ugly. Yeah. And then also at the end, you say any advice would be much depre- much appreciated. And advice is in a capital A, and it just looks quite <laughs> poor. Um, and and uh, you've moved to New South Wales for university, so you are capable of tertiary education. So um, just step up in that respect, and I think most things will flow from there. I hope his DMs to Emily are better written. Yeah, just go over it once or twice. The worm, appreciate the question. 
Um, mate, you just got to stay on the radar. That's that's your play. Yeah. That's your play. Emily, you know, if you're a university student, what happens is they get into – people get into their first, like, long-term relationships between the age of, like, 18 and 22, 23, then they break up. Just stay on the radar, brother. You just stay on the radar. You'll pop up again. You'll see Emily again. Why haven't you blinked in the last <laughs> 60 seconds? <laughs> Move on. Graham Fox writes in, and uh, we need to read the email title here. Yeah. Email title is – Pour away the ocean and sweep up the wood, for Fuck. nothing now can ever come to any good. Fuck me. Dear us, TGC, I write in solemn contemplation of a memory repressed, only brought back up due to the return of club cricket and the reminiscing that comes with it. I've all but managed to remove playing cricket from my life. I have a career now, friends that aren't 40-year-old divorcees. <laughs> divorcees, he says. <laughs> divorcees. Mm. Saturdays are now semi-enjoyable, mm-hmm. but every now and then I'm pulled back in, and this story is usually at the forefront of my mind. <laughs> you have a story at the forefront of your mind <laughs> never every time you come play never cricket. Yeah, yeah. Go to play cricket. I've just oh, got this story. Oh, go my dad played county cricket for most of his career and then switched to proing at our local club. Mm-hmm. I was brought up around the club and made my first team debut at the tender age of 15. Right. Having already lived 15 years in my dad's shadow, our nicknames respectively being Foxy and Fox Cub, ridiculous <laughs> I know, I was excited to break out and become my own person. This, that was not to be, in true Saturday fashion, a hangover dropout calls, uh, a hangover dropout calls in and my dad is the only person at the club able to play. Despite his semi-retirement, he ends up coming on as a third change with the opposition on a fuck-ton for not many down. Before he begins his pace from two-step run-up, he pulls me in at silly mid-off. I ask for a helmet. I am refused. The tension mounts. What? First ball, Bassman creams it. It whizzes past my ear, giving me tinnitus. I ask for a helmet again. Calls from other fielders. I'll just nip and get one. Again, my dad refuses. He bangs in the next ball and it gets big on the batsman. He loops it straight to me at silly mid-off. Who makes no mistake? A catch in my first game. I was ecstatic until I hear behind me the words that will haunt me forever. And that's why you listen to your fucking daddy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Laughter in the huddle rings out. My mum would later cry as she realises the scorebook reads Court Fox, Bold Fox. And we went on to win relatively comfortably. But I never recovered from this yeah. and hear those words every time a catch comes my way, every time the squash is too weak, every time I open my eyes. My question arising from it is this. Do Ollie Pope's, does Ollie Pope's subpar rig and small arms preclude him from a regular test spot? Fox Cub. I don't like the name, the nickname Fox Cub. It's too, like, call him Cubby or, um, I don't know. It's like, just lazy. It's just lazy. Fox Cub. Yeah, well, he, to be fair, he has he has um, signaled that it's ridiculous. His dad's called Fox. So what it's about like, it's like pup? Yeah. What about he, his dad, the bowler, refusing him a helmet? You don't fucking need a helmet for me, kid. Yeah, it must have been a scenario where the father felt that it brought shame upon his name and family sure. that his son would want to protect his head <laughs> from a cricket ball. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, real yeah. level of like, yeah. um, like psychotically misguided macho. Yeah, yeah. It's the same as like when a, a bowler who thinks he's quick and the keeper comes up to the stumps. Yeah. You fucking get back. Yeah. You get way back on the edge of the ring for me. It's the same. similar Risking like, major dental procedures that will last a lifetime. How, how submissive is Fox Cub that he has just accepted that his father has denied him the right to protect his human head? Mm. Oh, well, he's his son. It, it, like, I mean, the son, he's, tr- he's trying to learn from the father. Though, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like, uh, oh, okay, I'd... 
like you don't want me to wear a helmet. All right, Dad, no worries. We're a team. You're the big you know, boss around town. Yeah, I've got tinnitus, but must protect sort of family stature. His dad saying, "Listen to your fucking daddy." Oh. Uh, it's that's daddy's tough just to recover daddy from. Daddy in that just daddy. getting that that dy at the end of it as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Ollie Pope, I like Ollie Pope. Flamboyant. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the rig's an issue. There's a lot of there's a lot of love for Ollie Pope, and he. He strikes me as a really cool, like quintessential English batsman. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's he's elegant. He's crisp. He's mm. got uh, boyish looks. It's that real sort of preppy style player, and but apparently a very good one who will no doubt destroy us down the track. Well, he reminds me of Ian Bell. He'll be on the show next week. We can now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the a, what? It's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. Cody Campbell says, "How you going, boys? I may have created a monster during lockdown in South Africa. I stayed with my best mate to pass the time. We each chose a series to watch. I chose the test for obvious reasons. That include, but not limited, Smith being the second coming of Christ. The only time Gaz has made a mistake in Test cricket, and Jail proving most of us wrong about his yoga cricket culture. Anyway." My mate's gone from not giving a shit about cricket to shadow batting down the passage, shouting how's that every time he catches something and watching the entire collection of cricket videos on YouTube. My hashtag RCGC is, have I been Alfred? I was the cricket bloke in the house. I have no identity. (laughs) My shadow batting has lost its energy. I don't even announce, ooh, that's a good area to things unrelated to cricket. How do I go back on top? How do I get back on top? Is it time to suggest a game of backyard cricket and bounce the shit out of him? Who am I? Yeah. Okay, Cody. Um, okay. What's his identity, bro? Okay, Cody, this is a gift. You need to understand this. Okay. okay. There's no greater identity from a cricketing perspective to be a superior player who yeah. cares less Great about point. the game. Mm-hmm. Talk to any higher grade player. Any pros ever been on this podcast. All, they, all you learn mm. is that they want to talk less about cricket than mm-hmm. you. In, in, and in that way, in a beautiful kind of... Um, mesmeric magical way what they're saying is that like i'm defeating you in all aspects of cricket mm-hmm. i'm better than you at the game i care the least about the game now you think that you're being alphaed by someone who likes cricket more than you you got that the wrong way around mm-hmm. nothing less show, alpha nothing less alpha than being outwardly passionate about cricket mm. look at zampa hates cricket exactly. but also moving states to try and play cricket exactly for so. australia for, in red Bull. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but knocks over coley yeah. record amount of times or, or whatever it whatever, is. Whatever yeah. the fuck he's done. That's, so, that, so it's an actual gift and really you should be thanking your friend. Mm. Uh, you should be um, giving them gifts. You should be um, buying them beers. You should be encouraging this behaviour as much as possible. Mm. Uh, and everything you do can now just be nonchalant, understated. If and he is, if Cody's better. If, well, Cody, be. if Cody's better. And when, when it, just wait for the bouncing the shit out of him mm. stuff. Wait a couple of months or whatever. Encourage the guy's enjoyment of the game and then... Spring it upon him um, at a psychotic time. His friend, his South African friend, I presume he's South African friend because they were in South Africa. I presume Cody's Australian. And he hasn't, he hasn't said that, but I just presume that that's the case. So they're watching the test, which starts with sandpaper. Bold move. And also, I I'm confused whether they might be South African. Right? They're all South African? Or just during lockdown in South Africa? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just letting us know where he is, yeah. It's anyway, unusual yeah, there's yeah, the yeah, dynamic yeah. there that I haven't brought that up. If you've got a friend who's more passionate than you about cricket and is a like a, mm. a evangelically like newly attached to cricket that you have not been Alfred in any way. Yeah, you should bully him. He's he's actually beat it himself. <laughs> Samantha Daly writes in oh, yeah. my hashtag ask TGC. Hi lads, pretty stoked that the cast is back. Thank you. Missed it a lot. I am a huge cricket nuffy despite never actually having played a game which is a topic of conversation within my friend groups. Mm-hmm. But my question is, what is the most alpha emoji 
in the day and age where more is said in emojis than actual words, what emoji can I use to alpha myself or to champ slash belittle someone else? Thanks, lads. Sam. It's got to be one of the face ones. Yeah, I've got a view. You know on Facebook – okay, you, you, you tell me a view. Uh, the sports smile. So just type in smirk. It's the one just with the side smile all the yeah. time because, as we've always said, like it, it's a sports smile because only one cheek is needed. <laughs> you know, everything is understated, as we were saying beforehand. If you look through any photos of sports people trying to smile, they never crease both yeah. sides of their cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's only ever one cheek because one cheek will do and one cheek's all you need to convey the joy of that, you know, and, and the emotion of joy. What do you uh, type in? Steve War. <laughs> exactly. Type in Wayne Bennett. Tugger. Yeah. It can go too far because you can look like you've had a stroke when you just only crease one side of your mouth when you're smiling. But there's plenty of men sportsmen who like to do that to smile. It's just like, brother, just give us both sides of the mouth, you know? Give us, <laughs> give give us, us both sides. Give us both creases, you know? Samantha has the advantage of like, who's she, who's she texting? Her friends. Like, yeah, okay. Because if like, because there's, there's texts of texted people before and they start sending like random emojis and I spend heaps of time thinking about why the, why they sent me the lettuce leaf. What the fuck does that mean? What? Yeah. Is that a thing? Or like you a dumpling. would know. Well, yeah. What about, you know, I was going to say on Facebook, you know how they've introduced the care one? That, yeah. Like if that was in, you just start sending that out. Yeah. Oh, I think I think there's a play there. Yeah, like an alpha play. Mm. There's very, there's not really, because um, emoji and alphadom is uh, an oxymoron, not really, like no alpha is really floating out Heaps of emojis in a text. Probably if just somebody is like writing something serious to you and you just what go about, back with the life well, the and the tears. Emoji. <laughs> what about the what about just the thumbs up? Yeah. You send someone a text, a long yeah. text, and they give you a thumbs up. Yeah. Like literally Breslin did before. Yep. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're better than me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one, Pez. Uh, Rob Kingston, dear great cricketers. There is a man who I play cricket with. <laughs> <laughs> there is a man who I play cricket with. <laughs> Normal. He's good looking. He's happily married to a beautiful woman with whom he has two perfect little kids. He has a directorial role at a large charity, which, as far as I can tell, pays him well and takes him all over the world on fulfilling missions. He's a superb batsman and he's a really nice bloke. Not in that fake and superficial way that a lot of successful people are, but genuinely and authentically friendly and interested in people. So I, far, so good. Yeah, yeah what's coming? There's, there's no twist to what's this. What's coming around the corner, yeah. <laughs> what the is it, dolls? Yeah. <laughs> His question is, what's wrong with Ollie Pope's rig? Uh, um, my teammates and I hate him more than anyone in the world. There it is. And have been desperately searching for a flaw we can exploit to undermine him and therefore feel better about ourselves. You can imagine my excitement then when he presented a guilt edge opportunity to sledge the hell out of him. I texted my mate Giddy with anticipation. Mate, have you seen his latest Instagram story? He's only bought a bloody MRF. What a knob. Does he think he's fucking Brian Lara or something? Um, so what came the reply? My friend clearly didn't see the potential here. And so I appeal to TGC, a higher cricketing authority, to confirm my assertion that a club cricketer using an MRF is the most beta thing ever, and I'm morally superior to this man for staying in my fucking lane and using a grey nickels. Come on, back me up here, fellas. All the best, Rob. Mm. Stick chat. Yeah, Rob, uh, I think it's time to stand down, brother. Uh, nah, gu- guilt, guilt-edged? Opportunity, just a wonderful bloke uses MRF the same bat as even Steve Waugh used, who we've been talking about. Tendulkar, yeah, oh, is that a thing? You're not allowed to use bats that are also used by other good players. Mate, I'm a guy. Agree with Rob. MRF is yuck. It's yuck, but it doesn't make him a knob. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, that that's a stylistic thing. 
I don't think it's the thing. Right. I don't think it's the thing. You think he's got him here now? I think you've got to go through his financials or something to really, yeah. <laughs> really yeah. crack the code. Yeah. Go through his DMs. Who's he messaging? Yeah. That's his. St- I don't think it's the MRF stick. I don't. I. I I don't how do like you get? MRF. How do you? How do you get under the skin of someone socially? You know what I mean. I'm not saying like um, ghosting them or anything, but like you look at their f- who they're following and stuff. You just and they're like, oh, okay, that looks like a porn bot. <laughs> Instagram. Well, this might be just an Australian thing, but they've taken away the feed where um, you can see what other people are liking. So, like for instance, oh, yeah, like yeah. Warren, yeah. famous for liking a lot of Instagram models, photos, and stuff. Just yes. keeping on the radar there, yeah. um, just like James should be doing with Emily. But, but. Um, I, maybe, maybe that's a place, social media presence. I don't think it's an MRF, though. Just so I agree with Rob. MRF is a bit yuck. Yeah. But so it's something. But if it's he's not a fucking great batsman, then that's... Because like yeah. Ian Bell uses an Adidas. Ian Bell's yeah. he'd be up there one of the best-looking players in the history of the game. I, I think also, Rob, um, please know that like when you're dealing with someone who is as perfect as you think, as you mm. see this guy as being, happily yeah. married, beautiful woman, perfect little kids, directorial role, this is it. Like... When you meet guys on the circuit or whatever, and you know, I know he goes, "You like to meet guys." On the <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, I met a lot of people. Yeah, um, you want him to be eight out of ten. But when you start, you know, if you have got a friend like a like a girl, and you meet the new partner, yeah. the, the bloke, and he's a bit nine out of ha- nine and a half out of yeah. ten, ten out of ten, yeah. you sort of get a bit worried. Mm. You're like, no one's just give us a bit of vulnerability. Give us yeah. a, give us a little bit of roughness around mm-hmm. here, just just so I can mm. just feel safe and we can just be operating as a slight. Yeah. You know, we're not saying we're all need to be loose units, mm. but don't present as nine and a half, ten out of ten. It's just a bit of a warning sign that there's something a, a bit got, deeper going on. I've got a mate who is similar to that. Really good athlete. Um, really. A uh, really high-paying job, yeah, yeah. wonderful wife yeah. and, okay. and kids. Yeah, stop, stop, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. No edge to him. Yeah. Not 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 a great beer. Yeah, but it has to – yeah, not a good Lo- beer. Lovely, lovely guy. Not uh-huh. a, not my first go-to for a beer. Right. And so I rank everyone on viability yeah, of having beer. a schooner with them yeah. or a pint. Yeah. Yeah. So I think know that, Rob. Be patient. It'll come. I think mm. if someone's nine it'll and a half, ten out of ten, mm. it'll come. And it'll something. be something big and something you actually can't write publicly, probably. <laughs> In which case, let us come back to us then. Let us know. Yeah. If he puts his MRF through his Ferrari or something. It's something will happen. Something, some someone will say it. something from the opposition. or something. It'll, it'll all unravel if he's nine and a half out of ten. Let's be honest. He's playing club cricket. He's got something wrong with him. Good point. Thanks as ever for listening to the Grey Cricketer Podcast on this enormous show. It's great to be back. It's been a few weeks. It's been a hot minute since we've been around. Jonathan Wilson, Tim Bresnan. Before I had to do some sprints. Ian Bell, briefly. We can probably boost the audio there. And uh, who else? Oh, that's Steve right. O'Keefe. Steve O'Keefe. England, West Indies coming up this week. It's great to have the sport back. Great to have the cricket back. It's great to be back talking to you guys again. See you next week. Yeah. Look good, play good, feel good. <laughs> <laughs>